This your boy Dre. And this your boy David. And welcome to the Perspective Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Um, today we are here with our lovely guest. Caitlin. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do the, we'll do the whole intro and stuff in a second. Don't yeah. even worry about it. Um, but it's definitely going to be a good one. I'm definitely glad that y'all support us as we bring you this exclusive content each and every two weeks. Um, and then just stick with us. That's how we do. And so today we'll be talking about mental health. It's very deep, very important in the black community. Our guest today is going to be Caitlin Davis, a medical social worker who is going to enlighten us. Yeah. Before we get there, today's episode is brought to you by what? Crown Peach and Lemonade. <laughs> and Hennessy. Nope, just Crown Peach. And Hennessy. Because what's going to happen is Hennessy going to hear about it and then they are, they're going to be like, Ooh, we should send them cases, and we're gonna have cases now. If y'all send us cases of that new Aces Spade, Ace Spade, uh, that y'all just invested in, we are all here for. That's that splare. That's that what? I don't know. Jay Z just made. Uh, just go with it. That's yeah. Chicago. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what that means. Just but start okay. juking. Hey, like, hey, but what? That's you know? that splare. You don't know? That's, no. Nah. Come on, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it. That's uh, that splare. Yeah, that's that splare right there. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Wow. I'm sorry. You got to keep up with the times, Dre. Oh, wow. This wow, is... did she just call me old? Well. I did not. But he, wow. But he is. So, I'm the young one on the show. So, Dre, Man, let's hey, jump right do not let this. him tell y'all this. Uh, only old people get mad like that. All right, Groupon. So, let's talk about Caitlin. Caitlin Davis, but we're going to call you Caitlin if that's okay. Yes, that's perfect. Perfect. Fine, yeah. So, Caitlin was born and raised in the Chi-Town. Not not the suburbs. We're talking about the actual shot town. Correct. So C H I. Nope, y'all didn't do that. We did that in college. C H I. I was gonna say C A G O. Nope. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> All right. That's why Chicago on fire now. So Caitlin has a B A in psychology from the University of Iowa. Her minors are in human relations and social work and a master's in social work from Washington University in St. Louis with a concentration in mental health clinical practice. Ooh. She currently works at Barnes Jewish Hospital, and her responsibilities include assessing social determinants of health as well as other social and medical background information, which informs how she, as a social worker, would go about discharge planning and potential placement once patients are medically stable to leave the hospital. That's a mouthful. In addition... Caitlin provides resources for patients who need housing and shelter, substance use, and alcohol use resources. She also provides and reviews advanced directives, power of attorney paperwork to patients per request. Caitlin, welcome to the Perspective Podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anything else we need to do before we, you know, just jump right into this? Anything else you want to say? Get it out now. How was your day at work? (sighs) today so like what do you do you're a social worker and a therapist like what's the difference Hmm. okay so i am not yet a therapist well that's the end of this show guys (laughs) Um, we thought we were getting a therapist what's what's going on here okay so difference between okay so a social worker can become a therapist so you start off with your msw master social work and then at least here in the state of Missouri, you take a test and get your LMSW once you pass it, licensed, med- uh, licensed master of social work. And then you're under supervision for two years and then you take another test and then boom, you're a licensed clinical social worker. And that is when you become a full-fledged therapist. I guess you could be uh, an LM- LMSW as a therapist, but you'd just be under supervision. Yeah, nope. But yeah. That's a lot. Well, what made you well, go into social work? 
Like, really? So, in the beginning, social work wasn't even on my radar during undergrad. Like you said earlier, like I got my bachelor's in psychology. Um, one of my minors was social work. And social work was actually the last thing that I tacked on to my education at Iowa. Um, so it was in that I was taking some social work classes. Um, and one of which was um, a class taught by the director of the School of Social Work there. Um, who was actually an alumna of the Masters of Social Work program that I just graduated from. So she was telling me for the longest time, like, oh, I'm a, you know, convert you. I'm a convert you. And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then, you know, I thought about it and I was like, well, before I get to this PhD, because I still plan on coming back to psychology, I was like, all right, what's a good master's to get? And so I kind of just like explored social work a little bit more and went to her office and admitted defeat. <laughs> she was right. Um, I felt like, so I'm, I'm very passionate about like closing the gap on social disparities, very much so. Um, and I feel like if you care anything at all about social issues and know anything at all about social issues, especially being like a member of the black community, you know, we're literally a part of all of them. You know, we're a very diverse community. Yeah, we are the social issues. <laughs> we ourselves are not the social issues, Ooh, but the social issues, know. you know what I'm saying? They like they affect us all in, you know, in all of our intersectionality. And so I feel like if I'm really going to make a difference, if I'm really going to be the change that I actually want to see, like, sorry for the cliche, like then it's social work. Social workers are the backbone of this country, but that's a different story for a different day, different rant. But what's, what's guiding you more towards therapy? So, I mean, I've always had a passion for mental health. Um, just, you know, long story short, um, history of mental health issues in the family. Um, just, you know, experiencing that firsthand. Um, also, like struggling with it myself once upon a time. Um, also, I came from a not so great neighborhood in Chicago. And it was pretty evident that people were not investing as much in their mental health as they should be um and so you know when you see that firsthand when you experience that you're like you know who do i go to like how do i even get better at this right <laughs> and so um yeah i feel like in order for you to truly be a healthy person you have to be mentally healthy as well right so have you heard yeah i've heard that and I don't know where I heard it from, so it could have been someone on the corner. Who knows? But I've heard that you can say that majority, if not all, of black people suffer from some form of PTSD mm. just because of the way that we've been in this country. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I would say that's accurate. Um, I feel as though with mental health, sometimes you're unaware that you're going through anything like I guess, like going through anything that you would find in like the DSM-5, which is like the newest book right now. Yeah, um, you know, DSM-4, on... I was like, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you're not even aware that you're going through some mental health issues, right? Until I guess mm -hmm. like a, in, a big event happens and you're like struggling or like maybe someone calls it out, you know, sometimes you don't even, you don't even realize or you keep it under wraps, but I would say so for sure. Um, just because of how much we are exposed to, 
um, you know, especially given like the the climate with like you know police brutality, um, and like the the social tension, right, between all lives matter, black lives matter, like you know everything that we've been exposed to, um, and with PTSD, like you have to be exposed to or witness something that's like life threatening to you, you know, traumatizing, and so I would say seeing people that look like me get killed every day and you know in my personal opinion like a lot of the you know videos that i've seen of police brutality it's like unwarranted right like these are murders so yeah i would say so so when we dive into therapy i think one of the biggest things that and tell us tell us if it's a misconception that therapy you know i only need to seek therapy when i'm going through something like for the rest of the rest of the day the rest of my life i'm pretty good but you know, when I'm facing something or a challenge or something, now I need therapy. Hmm. It's okay. So something that I heard during my master's program and it was in my differential diagnosis class. So essentially like that was the class where we like really got into like mental health disorders. Right. Um, so my instructor, he said that by the time clients come to you, when they step foot in your office, a, a good majority of them have already exhausted all of the options. Mm. They have probably tried to, you know, find the answer themselves and you are literally their last resort. Right. That's deep. And so, yeah. You <laughs> Imagine know it's like, me. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm their last help before something as serious as maybe suicide. Drug use, drug use, alcohol use, and we're talking about alcoholism. Mm-hmm. We're talking about heavy drug use, as in I just want to numb away the pain. Correct. Yeah. So imagine me as a, like a student. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Like, listen. <laughs> but no, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that kind of stuck with me after, you know, even after that class came and went. Um, and so yes, people come to you when they're struggling. Um, But also, we shouldn't just seek therapy when we're struggling. We should not only see a therapist when we're going through something. I feel like therapy is healthy and you can go even when you have nothing going on right now, right? Like you could just talk because here's the thing about mental health, right? Like mental health, you know, disorders and everything like it's it's for the most part a buildup of things going Mm -hmm. on in your life, right? So all of those like little things that may bother you or like little like microaggressions that might have, you know, kind of eaten at you over time or like, um, you know, you holding in stress, like, Oh, okay. I'm stressed out, but I'll get over it. Right. Like you isolated those events probably wouldn't warrant for you to, you know, see a therapist, right? Like if you are struggling, quote unquote. Um, but it's, it's those kind of events that you probably should be speaking with a therapist, you know what I'm saying about, Mm -hmm. because you let that build up and you bottle it up. Right. And now all of a sudden we have an issue now mental health disorders develop. So I don't really cap for (laughs) only going to a therapist when you're struggling, but even on the good days. Well, Trey, what's your, you know, what's your thoughts on mental health? Um, this is like truly no. Um, it's, I got it, you. <laughs> my co-host. I I got you. Um, it's really a, like a touchy subject, so you know that's why I'm just sitting back and really reflecting for a lot. 
Um, but my thoughts on mental health, I do agree with everything that she said. Um, <clears throat> I do also think that um, some of the traumas that we do have is ingrained in us. Um, and depending on like what you think, um, it could be like from things that you never even experienced. So for me, uh, mental health is really, really touchy. Um, I definitely do think it's ingrained in us, and it is what we see and how society portrays us and everything else. So it's 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 everywhere. So so I would I would jump in for me. I'm usually known as like a happy go lucky fun guy everyone likes to be around me but my close friends know it's usually I, I tell people it's like a week every year where I just get into a, a deep funk it's a deep depression and it's like I don't want to see anyone but I want to see everybody I don't want to go out but I want to be in you know it's it's like I know that something is not right and I, I used to just say it's because I'm a Libra and my scales are unbalanced, and so I'm balancing them during that week. And then after that week, I'm good. I'm back to normal. But I know as I've gotten older that, yeah, there's probably something there that's causing me to have to go through this every single year. I'm, I'm not a normal, sad person. I'm usually the friend that everyone comes and tells me all of their issues. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, okay. And it was fun at first, but as you get older, people have real issues. You're like... I, I can't help you with that. I am not equipped. So that's why we needed this show today mm -hmm. so that I can tell them all of these great therapists that they can go see and leave me alone. No, I love y'all friends. I'm just playing. <laughs> so I've decided to go to therapy. That's amazing. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying that. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah, Congrats. No. Right. Okay, never mind. Right. Right. <laughs> I jumped the gun there. But when people decide to go to therapy and they get in that room, then they're like, oh, but I'm not going to talk about this, that, that, or that because they don't need to know about this. We're afraid to expose what's really going on with us. Why is that? What can we do when we actually make that decision to go seek a therapist? I kind of want to jump in on that. Um, and I, I think it's really because just as human beings, we compartmentalize a lot of things. Um, and we are in most spaces or most individuals who come from some type of trauma are afraid to be 100% vulnerable. So when you walk into these spaces and you don't know the person you speak it to, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything that I've been through. It's some type of level of trust that I had to build up with you first. And even then, I'm still not going to tell you everything that has happened to me in my life. I'm going to tell you what you need to know and leave it at that. Okay. So. And to speak to that, Please like... Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, you, what I think that, you know, you all are touching on is rapport. Okay, so like, you know, for the folks out there that don't know, rapport is essentially the relationship, um, I guess like the, yeah, I, I would say that, like the relationship between you and the therapist that you're seeing. So um, rapport can be good. You can have good rapport, healthy rapport, right? You could also have like not so good rapport, like negative rapport, right? So um, that like you you know, purposely leaving out information when you seek a therapist that is partially because, you know, you have not yet built that level of trust or felt that you could be that level of vulnerable with that therapist just yet. Right. And so also you're kind of on a time constraint. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> 
So like for therapy sessions, they could be like under an hour, like maybe 50 minutes a session. Um, and of course, like you as the client, you can terminate at any time, but um, there's only so much time that you have in there. And so I feel like for some folks who are going in there and like, you know, touching Andre's point saying, okay, I'm gonna tell you what I need to tell you, like what I think is pertinent for you to just work with and then work with it. Um, could be because I only have 50 minutes mm-hmm. a week. Well, I was going to jump in and say, I know a lot of people probably have some form of health insurance. And I know a lot of times they give you those six free sessions. Mm-hmm. So if I go in there for my six free sessions before I decide to commit and I only give you a piece of the problem, is that really doing more harm than good? Because I guess I feel like if I go seek a therapist, Oh, I'm going to tell them you need a new journal. Let's go. You got 50 minutes. Right. So at age two, empty the clip. Walked, you, you're getting all of it. Yeah, but me. I'm on, not holding nothing. But back. me on the opposite end, yes. I'm, I'm, the, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the total opposite. When I go in, I know I got 50 minutes. It's okay. I'll tell you the very basics, you know? And, it, and, it, and to me, I think it comes from the traumas that I've had in my past where I became vulnerable in certain spaces. And those people that I thought were close to me, use that same vulnerability that I gave with them against me. So I think that's um, could be a reason, too, is why a lot of um, people, when they go into these spaces, um, or even for those six, section, six sessions, um, interact the way that they do. Um, because it's, it's a lot to go in and just, just open your heart or open up what you've been through with somebody else. Well, so my question to Caitlin would be, is it upon us as we're building that rapport to realize that this is not my friend? This is not those people that I've been exposed to in the past. And this is literally a professional who is here to help me. But it's almost like if you go to another a doctor and you say, oh, I'm good. Not knowing you hobbling in there and everything hurts when you wake up. But I'm good. You know, well, I mean, I got a headache, but that's it. But if you don't tell the doctor all of your stuff, all of your conditions, they can't adequately uh, diagnose you. So. Yeah, that was deep. Y'all hear two, that? I don't there are two things I have expert. to say. <laughs> right. Y'all don't need me here. It's David. <laughs> I keep telling them. <laughs> so um, that's why all your friends come to you, can't right? Can't trust Ooh, nobody. Group on. <laughs> oh, well. Group on. Group on. Okay. So Again, to. We love you. 50% off. Just shoot for 55 next time. (laughs) So to touch on the first um, part of your question, yes. Um, As I like to think, healing is your responsibility. You as the individual. And so whatever it is that you are seeking help for, like you're there for help, right? So it's, it's completely up to you how this experience works, right? So it can work for you or it can work against you. It, you get what you give, essentially, with therapy. Um, Do you think for the majority of people, they actually know what they're going through? They just don't want to confront it? Or do and, they? Or has it been so buried that they don't know? Well, that's on a person-to-person basis. Okay. Um, so to kind of like go back a little bit, backtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were speaking about a, a diagnosis. Again, that kind of plays into what you are looking to get out of seeking therapy do you are you walking in there and just and like i said earlier unloading the clip like emptying the clip and just that's gonna be me <laughs> pop, pop, 
right? So like, are you just like shooting it all out there just so you can get a quick diagnosis and then just and, and then what? Hopefully a, a a pill. And so then, but but also, like, do you need it? You know what I'm saying? Like what I have heard, um, and just like learn through like my education and everything. People will go in expecting a quick fix, mm-hmm. and. If you are walking in that room, seeing a therapist to unpack essentially what it is you're struggling with, right? Which could come with years of baggage. That's not, that's gonna, that's not going to be fixed quickly. And then that comes with frustration on the client's end. Cause it's like, well, I just walked in here and like, I, like you said, I just, I'm hoping to get a diagnosis appeal and go about my life, but that's not always the case. Well, you have to be patient with that. Let's kind of jump there real quick. Okay. Let's jump to the end, which is what what is the the goal of going to seek a therapist? What like why should I go talk to someone? Why should people go and unload this? Should there be an end goal in mind? Like I know I'm going through X, so I need to get to the bottom of X, or is it let me just tell you stuff and you tell me what I'm going through? So no therapist is going to automatically just be like, all right, here's my direct input, right? So um, A of all, B of all, again, this is your experience. You are getting out of it what you put in. I don't think that there needs to be a specific goal because therapy, people see therapists for years, you know, months, you know. There are some types of therapy that only go for a few weeks um, or and are designed to work that way. Um, but I think that the end goal is ultimately up to the client and whatever it is that you feel that you need to get out of therapy. So you go for as long as you need to go until you feel as though you've done the work to address the issue or issues that you've been struggling with for the longest time. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like you went to the therapist to like help resolve. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this stigma. Yeah. Maybe I've heard There's a stigma in the black community. Big. When it comes to seeking a therapist or going to talk to someone. Correct. Especially for black men. Correct. A lot of times people perceive this as, oh, you just weak. You know, you can't deal with the stresses of life. This is normal. Get over it. Um, I've even heard people say, oh, you're going to seek a therapist. Is it court order? You know, like, why are you going to do that? What is going on with us black folk? Black people, why are we afraid to go seek a therapist? That's a great question for the black community. DM us. (laughs) Correct. Today, Um, you're the expert for the black community. Go. Oh, hold on. (laughs) As we all know, one black person does not speak for the entire black community. All right. One black person with a purple eye. I told you we don't all have brown and black eyes. And then you'll get in trouble. And then the green eyed black folk would get on you. Green. You know they out there. All right. (laughs) So. It's the truth. Stigma. Why is there a big stigma? Well. Um, like you said, it's seen as weakness, like a, as a weakness, right? There's this, and I mean, don't charge this to any of the schools that I've been to for my education, y'all. This is purely me speaking, but there's this inflated ego that we have, right? There's this like macho, like I'm tough, like this tough exterior. And it's like any, any, I guess ounce or like any lack in that was be seen as a weakness and then and I guess in a in a sense it's kind of a 
defense mechanism or it is for sure um because it's like okay i show that i'm quote unquote weak or vulnerable someone's gonna swoop in and like hit me below the belt and that consequence is too too big it's too expensive right Mm -hmm. that's too big a cost for me to pay so um i think that you know like you said being seen as weak that's a huge issue um court order that's specific isn't it yeah I, I know one person that's wild so yeah i don't know but I'm sure that's it's more it's, it's court that's, order, that's it right plenty there. Of things. you have anger issues you have people who are going through divorces you have people who are trying to get custody of their children and a lot of times they have to seek therapists yeah beforehand um how do we change this stigma well it starts with you right so oh, okay Hey, y'all. Not, not specifically David. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> the world does not revolve around you. Uh, okay. No, um, no. so, so you it, definitely it don't takes... want to tell David that. <laughs> I already know so many secrets about everyone because y'all talk to me. It just happens. Oh, maybe we as should I start was saying, a separate podcast. <laughs> talk to David. As I was saying, though. <laughs> um. What, what was I saying? What, see, you didn't like, well, you were going into how do we change that? Okay, yes, how do you And you said it started with you, yes, indeed. So, um, it really starts with you. It starts with, and this is kind of tied into advocacy, which is huge, right? For the social work field. Um, I think that the most effective form of advocacy starts with you and the conversations that you have just amongst your friends and people in your inner circle, like your friend group, because I feel like it's in those conversations that we're scared to even speak up we're scared to go against the grain and like disagree with our friends and we want to be you know just like cool or whatever the case may be right so we don't want to be seen as like the oddball out we always want to come across as though we have everything together correct and don't do that and that right there like that's the first step be honest i'm not saying you need to you know hash out or unpack like you know a lot of you know things that you're going through with just your friends or whatever um you know to each his own but it starts with you just being like open about it like you know what yeah i'm seeing a therapist or you know what i'm thinking about seeing a therapist and standing firm in that i would say like for me with my real close friend group we have normalized talking about going to seek a therapist talking about oh yeah i was talking to my therapist yesterday and blah 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 so we're talking amongst ourselves at least mm-hmm. and it, this is a group of like my close black men friend from friends from college all the way to now mm-hmm. and it shows that hey if, if my homeboys can go seek a therapist why can't i correct and then also like even in your experience and fingers crossed it's a positive one um you then kind of you know, you could share that experience with other people who may have some hesitancies around seeking you know, mental health help, right? Assistance. Um, so then it kind of just like snowballs, right? right. And so right. now I, I've seen like in recent years that now we are starting to normalize, like, you know, push, like basically pushing mental health, right? We are being more open about it. We are more serious about it and we're more honest about it. And I think that the honesty is kind of like the key into like you know breaking that breaking down the stigma i would say like i when i was researching for this episode it it was a quote or it was something that said in the 90s the majority of black people were like just dead set against therapy 
And even though we're having this discussion, I would say at least in the last five to 10 years, it's become a little bit more normalized. I hear a lot more black people talking about therapy in a positive sense. Like, oh, oh no, you, you need to go see a therapist. And I'm not joking. Like, no, really, you need to talk to someone. Here's a list of therapists. You have seen a lot of black therapists start to sprout up. Now, do we have to be careful? So I feel like when you are, yes, okay, watch out for any therapist, honestly. There you go. Um, Told y'all. You're, sometimes you're going to have to shop around for therapists. Not every, like, not every first therapist, like, you go to, like, don't think you're going to walk into this office and then boom, like, this is my therapist for the rest of my healing process. What if it's not a good fit? Can you go a little bit more in detail? Like, how do you shop around? Are there, like, certain questions I should be asking or is there something that I should be researching about that person even before I go there? Sure. Um, I would say to kind of start with being honest about the demographic, the who, like what, you know what I'm saying? Like the who you would feel comfortable speaking to in the first place. Like I know for a lot of us, we've been saying black therapists and for, you know, some of my black female friends, I would rather see a black female therapist, right? Because I feel like she would be able to relate to me the most you know, and then, you know, be able to kind of just like guide me from there. And like, she'll, she'd be able to like, you know, pull from the same perspective essentially, or at least a similar experience. So, um, kind of like think about who you would be, you know, open to being open with and starting there. And I mean, you could always ask that therapist, like, you know, if say, if they're not the fit, um, then asking like, Hey, do you know any other therapists that you can refer me to? You know, because then, I mean, once you step foot in the office and, like, they do, like, the screening questions um, and they're kind of, like, you know, feeling out the situation, too, because no therapist is just going to, like, well, no therapist with, you know. Reputable therapist. <laughs> no reputable therapist. With an actual certification. Correct. Um, with ethics in mind, would yeah. have you sit there with them for weeks on end knowing offhand that this probably wouldn't work out. That's that rapport. Ooh, can, you I know? Get, can I get controversial? <laughs> go ahead. Here's another reason black people don't see therapists. Why would I go talk to a therapist when I can go talk to my pastor? That is another one. Faith-based. So. Yeah. Let's talk about faith-based therapy as it, as compared or maybe contrasted to the therapy that you're talking about. Well, I mean, there's not much to discuss on that. I mean, it's just in the name, right? It's mm-hmm. faith-based. So you seek someone who um, believes in the same things that you believe religiously, spiritually. Okay. And you So know, this the is therapy, a whole field. Yeah. But what if it's like, I don't even want to seek a faith-based therapist. I just need to just go pray a little bit harder at church and then everything's going to be better. Well, to that, I would ask, how has that been working for you? Right. Maybe I didn't pray hard enough last time. So this time I'm going to pray even harder and I'm going to put $20 on it for tithing. So then are you asking me for my response to this? Yeah, or Dre's. He over there just sitting over there soaking it in like a sponge. Because, I mean, for, for people who are like saying, like, you know, I'm not praying hard enough. Well, what's hard enough? Like, it's like essentially if, you're, if kind of, you're kind of in, starting therapy there. Yeah, if, I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not speaking in tongues, it ain't hard enough. Well, look, listen, because I mean, like, does everyone that like speaking tongues like automatically have all of their answers solved after that one, you know, moment of worship? You know, you kind of have to like 
ask some questions about that. But yeah, I mean, if you're if someone's coming to you, I've I've actually talked to my pastor about this, and he said he recommended both. Right from a spiritual side, you know, what is it that you're going through in your life with with religion? And the pastor can help guide you in that way. But if there are other issues going on, you do need to seek a therapist because you have a person who can be like a coach and you have one who can be an advocate. And you need sometimes a person to coach you and you need another person to kind of tell you what to do and where to go. So with therapy, there is no telling you what to do. Exactly. There is there's guidance. But God, he'll there's, tell you what to do. There's guidance and then we facilitate. You better facilitate but there is no us telling you the answer to your own life. That's up to you. I like that answer. So as we're wrapping this up, um, mm-hmm. we're talking about therapy, but there are, are there other things that I can do to at least start on that journey? Such as, I know there's meditation. I know that there are yoga groups. Like stuff that can at least make me get one with myself. Journaling. Like are there things that people can start doing now that can get them prepared to go talk to someone? Mm, I feel like other than you just being ready and willing, nothing specific, no. Oh, wow. Y'all hear that? Y'all just need to go. Are there Ready any... and willing, okay? Another thing that I read um, is the lack of access to. Mm-hmm. So I've been saying a lot of times, you know, if you have insurance. But what if I don't have insurance? Are there any, like, free... Uh, mental health services available or like what can I do if I don't have money because I feel like y'all therapists y'all ain't cheap so um, for those who do not have insurance and um, are seeking help so I would say to start with like our folks in college a lot of these universities offer like you were touching on earlier free um, six week therapy sessions Mm -hmm. Um, take advantage of that and then kind of figure it out from there. I don't have any specific financial resources mm-hmm. um, offhand, but take advantage of that. Um, do therapists do anything like lawyers? As, like pro bono? As, yeah. I want to say they do. Um, you can also like probably reach out to like some, some big like community agencies, right? So they're like, depending on the age range, um, you can get, try asking (laughs) just like you know some big community groups like those that are well known in the community i guess um for just helping people out and like finding those resources um i know that uh united way is a good one Mm -hmm. it's a good first place to start um they have resources and referrals like they have connections to a lot of folks right in the in the community i know that they're all like United Ways in almost every I wouldn't say like United Way Urban City. League. Like yeah. all of those will have some type of a component that can at least guide you there. Yeah. And get there. For everyone right. who, who is working though, you do have your employee assistance program, your EAP. And a lot of times they give you those free six sessions. So you want to take advantage of that. Um taking this all in, a person who thinks that they may need help or that they may need to seek therapy. What should they take out of this conversation today? Like some some takeaways, some highlights. There you go. We wrapping this up. All right. Like I said last time, wrap it up. <laughs> Not for you to like stop talking. I'm just saying, like when y'all having sex. Okay, so my takeaways. 
Um, I think I've kind of like dropped a little bit, you know, some dropped some gems. Oh, in you there. dropped a lot. What are you talking about? A little bit. A little bit. Some slight light work. Um, so slight work. Perfect. First off, like, be honest with yourself. Yes, that's big. Be completely transparent. Check in with yourself. Like, how are you really doing? Then I would say also, like, be, like I said earlier, be willing to go see a therapist and, like, decide for yourself if you are ready to take that step. Mm-hmm. You do, in another piece, like, another big takeaway, you do not only have to go to a therapist when you are struggling, when you are in a bad place. It is very healthy for you to see a therapist. When things very, are going good. Very helpful, yeah. right, when things are still going good for you. Because, again, those little issues that may pop up, because life is life. You know, it'd be helpful to hash all that out or at least talk about it, vent about it, do what you got to do before you let that build up because we are good for that. Um, shop around for therapists. Yes. It's, it's, it's okay. Like no therapist is going to get their feelings hurt if you are not the fit. Therapy, like in another gym, I'm going to like, you know, another takeaway that's mm-hmm. in that that I've mentioned before too. Um, healing is your responsibility. Yeah, It is unfortunate that you know, life, sometimes people, sometimes the people that are closest to us hit us hard, right? But it is up to us to take the necessary steps to heal from those experiences. And so, you know, within that, like, take charge of this experience. Again, you get out of it what you put in. So don't be like, oh, well, like, I'm gonna just try to make this work. Don't know. Like, again, going back to the beginning, be honest with yourself. Is this a good fit? Like, take charge in your approach to this experience. And then that way you get the, you know, best results that you can get. Thank you for that, Caitlin. Dre, from a younger perspective, for our younger audience, what do you think that they can take out of this episode today? Um, for me, it was more so just a listening, um, a time for me to just sit back and listen and do some reflecting on my own. So um, I think the biggest thing that you can do is for you to sit back and just, just think. Um, like Caitlin said, is just think and make sure that you're ready to take that step. Make sure that you're willing to be open and honest with yourself. Um, and, you know, the scariest step is always that first step. But when right. you're ready to take it, you will be, you will take it. Um it's it's a lot, um, and I agree with everything she, that she said. Um, from the healing is it's all on you. It's your responsibility. You have to take charge if you want to get better. Um, it's just like playing sports. In order to be great, you have to put in the work to be great. So if you want to be great, Correct. you want to be better, then you have to do that work for you, um, and not for anybody else. Um, but also be authentic and be who you are, and understand who you are going into it. Um, cause I do know that sometimes when we do speak and even when we just speak to our friends, we tend to take on everybody else's perspective when they try to just speak to us or give us some type of advice and they kind of sway the way we think, um, be firm in what you believe. Um, but you do have to be open and willing and honest, um, and optimistic of just listening. I think that's the biggest thing is to go in there with, with some, um, going to active listening. You know, and be ready to just hear whether that's the hard truth or the soft truth. Just be ready to just listen. And what you decide to take out of it is on you. Um, 
but make sure when you take it, you apply it because it's no good if you're not applying it into what you do. That's big. Forward. That's big. Correct. And yeah. I would yeah. last thing, if I could just, of course, um, also be okay with being uncomfortable. You're, it's not going to sit well when you're facing your own truth sometimes. So when it gets hard, try your best to stick it out. Of course. Right. Cause like you feeling uncomfortable is a sign of growth. I like that for me. I would just in tell, that context, y'all. No, I love it. <laughs> I would tell everyone um, if you do find yourself making the same decisions over and over, and you're wondering why do I always choose left and I never choose right, or why do I always find myself in this same situation, or why isn't this relationship working, or why is it that everyone when I when I'm in these relationships they're telling me it's you, not me, type of stuff. Don't be afraid to go talk to someone. Um, a lot of times you can see when you're building that rapport, those people can actually help you get to the root of whatever it is. Um, from what I have heard about therapy, it's like you said, it's not the therapist telling you what's wrong. It's you figuring out and realizing what it is that happened to you in your life that causes you to make the decisions that you make. And then knowing when you're faced with that in the future, instead of just jumping head in like you normally would, maybe you would take a second, stop, pause, think, and make Apply a Apply what decision. you learned in therapy or there what you, you talked about in therapy. I love that. And do better. And do better. Oh my gosh, this was a really good episode today. I really feel like all of our listeners, like I'm looking around the room, everyone's crying inside. I can see it. So I see a lot of red eyes. So nah, it was that that's what it is. Uh. Nah, it was a really good episode, and like I said, um, I know for me, I, I know I usually talk more, but, you know, just hearing these different things and, and reflecting, um, it makes you think, you know, and it makes you wonder, like, damn, like, am I one of those people who are afraid to take the first step, or mm-hmm. am I am I ready to take the first step, or what that first step looks like, or, you know, am I willing and ready to be truthful with myself, you know? So it's a lot of things to think about. Um, so all of the listeners out there, when you sit down and you hear this episode, definitely take some time to yourself after it, because this this one was deep and it it hit. I love it, I'm Caitlin. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank today. you. No. <laughs> Would you be open to staying after for our DM slide? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> So, DM slide, you guys know how this works. Every week, an audience member, you send us a question, comment, thought, you name it, in our DMs. And you let us know what you want us to talk about. Has It doesn't have to have anything to do with what we're talking about today. It could be last week's episodes, the episodes before, episodes in the future. And today's DM slide question comes from Instagram user at Swagly. And they ask, what is true partnership in a marriage? So when I'm thinking about true partnership in a marriage, it's equality. It's where do I come together as husband, wife, husband, husband, wife, wife, and where do we bring together? Spouse, spouse, if you are you gender spouse, non-conforming. Spouse, gender non-conforming. I don't necessarily think, well, I guess I look at it as we fill each other's gaps, holes, um, what am I stronger at and you're weaker at? What are you stronger at and I'm weaker at? And we're working together to build this partnership. That's going to allow us to have a true partnership 
it's not necessarily me coming in with everything and I'm I'm trying to lift you up out the gutter, you know, and we're going to be a great relationship or vice versa. What do you think, Dre? Um, I definitely do agree. I think it's coming to the table um, with your 100% self, um, not coming at it 50-50. Um, it's coming at it just being you 100%. Um, it's about um, bringing what the other person is missing. So if my partner is making more than me, then it's me providing her something that she may be missing. Um, and that could be, it could be anything from a sense of just being home to take care of the house, or it could be just to provide her that support and that comfort, that protection, whatever she feels as though that she's lacking, that's my job to feel. Um, so that's what I think. And I also think when it comes to marriage, it's about compromise. Um, I'm not married, um, so I can't really dig too deep, but I do think it's about compromise. Um, you're not going to agree on everything, but you know, there has to be some type of compromise in every situation. It's, a, it's about bringing it to the table and we discuss these things together and we make a decision that we both agree on. Caitlin, I saw your face glinch up a little bit. Talk on it. <laughs> um, For me, so you said equality. I'm yeah. thinking a better word would be equity. E- oh, okay. Equity. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, So I think that well, and my face kind of scrunched up a little bit because I think that Sometimes we put a bit too much pressure on ourselves or on our partners um, to, quote unquote, fill these voids, um, fill these gaps. Um, So for me, a true partnership in a marriage would involve, you know, equity. It would involve compromise for sure. Um, And like Dre said, like, don't go in it like 50 50. Like I in my in my mind, like you should already be whole before you walk into any relationship, honestly. So instead of bringing 50-50, it makes more sense to bring 100-100. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because why just be half fulfilled? Why be half satisfied? Why divided by two is still 100. Exactly. What? Anyway. <laughs> no, well, 100 divided by one is 100, right? Oh, you so you said you don't even need nobody. You are uh, one, though, uh, when you're that. married, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's why both of y'all need to be whole like do that work for yourselves um i think that it is kind of just like showing up in the way that your partner would appreciate it and um benefit most from it like kind of touches on love languages you know that's a different story for a different day so what happens if you bring a hundred to the marriage mm -hmm. i bring a hundred to the marriage but I have to have a You trying to marry me, David? Uh, well. You yeah. trying to marry me? I told you. My first proposal, y'all. Uh-oh. <laughs> but what if you have side chicks or a side boo? Like, do they bring 20 to 30% and, like, maybe that you divide all four of y'all by two <laughs> instead? Well, that depends on your definition of partner. Like, what if I only bring 80 and you bring 70? So we need to find that other 20, 30%, 50%. So we have to have other people. I think that go that goes on that. <laughs> Um, I don't know about all that. Um, Right, partners. I think think in those situations, you gotta have the weekend. In that math equation that David, Monday too. In that math equation that David just gave, um, I think it comes down to um, compromise. It really does. Compromise because you have to know. Baby, um, I can only no. see you after Valentine's Day. No. Not on it. No, no, no. So see her on Valentine's Day too? I mean, if that's what y'all agree on, then do your thing. Didn't our sound engineer say marry that hoe? 
That's not my thing. Oh, that was not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm perpetuating it, though. You know, I'm keeping it going. Um, I'm with the move. Yeah. So, so. Because side people play a role in these marriages these days. Wow. If you're in an open marriage. But what if you are, but your spouse isn't? Then that's, that's a conversation cheating. that needs to be had. <laughs> Um, I think there's a conversation that's that not compromise, and y'all don't <laughs> need to be married. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, it works for me. And I'm not me. I'm just saying, like the person, like it works for me. I have my side. Nobody's trick. supposed to feel like they won in a compromise. Ah, there you go. Okay, spin facts, you, dropping right? these gems. Coming out of hey, him a mic. He need a mic. <laughs> no, we, we took that away from him. <laughs> oh, you lost your privileges. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. So I think what I'm hearing is for a true partnership, you know, all jokes aside, mm-hmm. you have to bring your full self to the relationship and then have those open, honest conversations, those open, honest discussions. And when things get hard, because in, in a marriage, things are going to get hard. Don't go to your side chick. <laughs> go to your side Be supportive, chick, y'all. Be chick. supportive of your partner. Be supportive of your spouse in the way that they feel supported. Okay, I hope that helped you underscore at Swagly. If not, you know, we always here. Um, thank you so much again, Caitlin, for joining us today. Of course. Uh, for our audience out there, if you have any questions, you need any advice, please DM us and we'll address it on the next episode. Make sure that you DM us on the that perspective podcast on Instagram. We are on Apple Podcasts at The Perspective Podcast. We are on Spotify at The Perspective Podcast. We have an email at the Perspective, the Perspective Podcast 2020 at Gmail. Um, and then if you can't get in contact with us there, you also can hit up our individual social medias. I am at, at HumbleWeb on Instagram. So I'm at Admiral DLR, but look. Y'all, y'all Bitcoin people, y'all been coming up into my DMs, and I'm, I'm not a fan of Bitcoin helping start my own business you know look stop and then those instagram models that you know they're not real because they got three thousand followers and one picture yeah don't don't hit me up hit up dre at whatever he just said humble web um but yeah definitely um continue also um you can follow our youtube page as well we do have a youtube channel at the perspective at the perspective podcast i'm sorry um but before we get out of here we always got to give special thanks um, to mm-hmm. our team, we like them though. They, they help we us always out. we always gotta give special thanks to our team. So we have if our... y'all could see them, they all are crying right now. So <laughs> that's why they're being quiet today. Yeah. So we have our editor in chief, Shannon. Whoop, whoop. We got our director, co-producer Eli. He gets some new titles every week. That's fine. Um, and Where's then we have, and then we have our sound engineer, um, Ty. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much. Bye. And until next time, with the Perspective Podcast.